and then for 20 minutes we'll split Velcro in front of a microphone. <laughs> Welcome to the RC Roundtable Podcast, where we discuss the latest RC hobby news, events, model reviews, and a whole lot more. Well, hello everyone, welcome back to the RC Roundtable. I'm Fitz Walker, and joining me, of course, is Terry Dunn. Hey, how are you, Fitz? Hey, I'm doing just peachy. And of course, Lee Ray. Hey, Terry, how you doing? I'm good. Hey. <laughs> Wait, what? <laughs> oh, 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 <laughs> Story of my life. All right. Well, we're off to a good start. Uh, uh, speaking of being off to a good start, what have you guys been up to lately? Snow in the north. Yeah, Terry, did you get hit hammered with uh, the blizzard of uh, 18? Um, I don't know if I'd call it a blizzard or a hammered. We got um, four or five inches of snow earlier this week. And nothing snow, sounds. what is that? <laughs> <laughs> the snow you speak of. <laughs> so, uh, I think that's just par for the course up here. So, yeah, did deal. you say you were like uh, shoveling snow for like 90 minutes? Well, yeah, but See, that, that's what happened when you use your RC car to shovel your driveway. It takes a lot of time. <laughs> well, that's what, I, that's what I posted on his post. I said he needed to put a little snow plow in the front. <laughs> No, I'd still be doing it if that were the case. Well, I have seen that. Someone out there has put, like, I don't know what scale it is, but it's like a little uh, toy car that they are radio-controlled and put a snowplow on the front. Yeah. It, you can actually get, I don't know if they're automated or just RC, but you can get big uh, remote snowplows. Who's the company know. that makes those uh, those uh, autonomous vacuum cleaners? Make I them like, to do an yeah, autonomous yeah. snowblower. That's a Roomba, I think, is one of them. Yeah, yeah, so there you go. Roomba needs to get on that. <laughs> oh, great. I say it now, and it's going to be a big thing in you know a couple of weeks. Yeah, <laughs> well, the Roomba there's a reason blowing. it took so long. And one is because I'm kind of weird, and I actually enjoy snowblowing. There's an instant gratification to it. And you know, I think I told you guys last year I had this little electric job, kind of a beginner's model. And this year I've got a gas snowblower that's uh, hemi-powered. And so that's really fun. <laughs> well, see, I was going to say, I think the next step up would be like a dually diesel, right? Yeah, right. <laughs> it blows the snow into the next county. <laughs> <laughs> People yeah, in Florida. Like, the FAA before I start. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no, it's like to really make it more powerful, you add a yellow dye to it. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> Come on. Uh-huh. No. Okay. Uh, but anyway, so I, I did my driveway and I'm still feeling good about it. So I did my neighbor's driveway and then I did my other neighbor's driveway and the sidewalks down the street. And so I just kind of get carried away with it. <laughs> Next thing you know, you're in Canada doing their driveway. <laughs> yeah, <right. laughs> so, um, yes, there was a little bit of snow here, but again, not a big deal. And actually, the forecast for this weekend looks like it might get warm enough that it's all going to go away. So <laughs> Turn to mud. Be, yeah, well, yeah, that, that happens. But uh, yeah, ask me again next week and we'll see. But I do have a plane with skis on it, so if I get the itch to fly, I'll be all set there. All right. And uh, in terms of RC stuff that I did, I took that Kyosho Inferno out that I told you guys about, that eight-scale gasser, and that was fun. And oh, you actually ran it? Because last time we talked yeah. to you, you were just breaking the engine in. Well, yeah, I decided to continue breaking in the engine, but instead of just letting it idle, I was driving it around. Yeah. And so it's still got the governor on it, and my next step is to take the governor off and really cut it loose. The governor? But, uh, 
<laughs> but yeah, I uh, drove it around before the heavy snow hit. There was just a, a little spattering of snow, and it was driving around fine in that. It's fun. It's loud. And even with the governor, it's fairly fast. Hmm. So, yeah. All wheel so, drive on that one? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Looking forward to that review. So am I. I just saw the photo where you just kind of dropped it in the snow and it sunk like eight inches. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that was intentional. But that was my backyard, by the way. <laughs> Golly. And uh, another thing I did, not so much active RC, but we talked on the last show about what our winter projects were going to be. And so after that, I'm like, hmm, I really need to give it some more thought. And I looked on the shelves and I'm like, oh, yeah, I got that Kyosho T33 from Fitz. Yeah. And that, or Fitz brought it up to me. So, yeah, that one's going to be near the top of the list. I want to get that baby ready for spring. Yeah. And I just bought those multiplex EDF units for a song. So I think I can integrate those two things together and have me a nice vintage uh, ducted fan come spring. Yeah, interesting to see how those fly uh, in the modern power systems. Well, you know, I, I have one, and so I mentioned to you guys that I had a very rough, uh, <laughs> roughly modified, <laughs> I don't know how, who did it, but it was like the EDF fan they put in there does not fit properly, so they shimmied the heck out of it. With a chainsaw. But I'm, <laughs> but I'm wondering, what is the, uh, what, do you remember the millimeter size? I believe the Kyosho unit was a 69. Yeah, so it's something odd. Right? Yeah. No, it's not that yeah. odd. That's pretty much seventy millimeter. That's pretty. Well, that's the, a, the one that's in <laughs> the one that's in mine must be like sixty-seven point five. <laughs> it is not right. Oh, is it? Is it a little smaller? Cavity? So, does it match? I mean, do you have the fan shroud and everything that'll fit properly in the Kyosho? Uh I don't know. The fan unit wasn't included in this kit, but the uh, multiplex units are seventy. And while I haven't mated the two up or even looked at them, I'm pretty confident I can. Mesh those two things. Yeah, I was pretty sure guys back in the day were shoving Wemotech 480s in there, mini fan 480s in those things, which are. I've got a Dremel tool. That's right. (laughs) That's that's better than putting balsa sticks all over the inside like mine. (laughs) 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 But okay, good. That's okay. I just wanted to make sure because that was the only thing that I've noticed that I would have a better have better access to that because you know they kind of sealed up everything, so it's hard to get to that motor. But I maybe recommend you. Try adding a little hatch so you can gain access later on. Yeah, all right. Why not? Yeah. We'll look at it. <laughs> Don't care. <laughs> all right. So, uh, yeah, that'll wrap it up for me. I'm sure there's other stuff uh, going on. I'm going to try to get the Inferno out again, maybe even today, and uh, let her rip. But what are you guys doing? Hmm. Down in the warm south. Uh, I just got in a multiplex fundraiser. And uh, this will be, uh, I'll be doing a review on this for Model Aviation uh, sometime soon. Uh, so I just put together, really not much to put together. The play literally has three pieces. So <laughs> put together How really big quick. is that? It looks tiny. Yeah, it's about, what, 900 millimeter? So you're talking 40 inches-ish? Yeah, that one's hemi-powered too, isn't it? Yeah, it's got a big, beefy motor in it. That's one of the things I, first things I noticed. Like, wow, they, they really, they put a big motor and a big speed controller in it. So you, that's going to be some overpowered goodness. And this is a receiver-ready ship? Uh, yes, yes. Oh. It, it nice. seems really nice, actually. I'm pretty impressed. It's a, just a small it's hand multiplex, launch. man. Have you ever seen a crappy multiplex plane? Uh, no, not really. And I got their, um, whatchamacallit, Twin Star, which has been a real fun plane, too. 
So I've had a bunch of them. They're all pretty well engineered. Yeah, this one so far, I like what I see. Um, it should be interesting. I'll be very curious how it flies. Cool. So now this one looks kind of like a P fifty one racer. Thing yeah, it looks just like a, one of those racing P fifty ones you see at Reno. Uh, okay. Comes pre pre painted, pre decal for the most part. Uh, oh, it's painted. Yeah, this one is a two two tone color with a black trim. Oh, I've never seen one painted at the factory. Really? That's interesting. I didn't know that was unusual. Oh, yeah, this yeah, one comes I've, all kinds of pretty. I've had some. I've had, I haven't had one that's been pre-painted. This is nice. Yeah. A, a multiplex? Yeah. I can't. Yeah. That's the top of my head. I think this comes with two options because they mentioned something about unpainted and painted and instructions oh. or something like that. So. Uh, well, yeah, you don't want to gaggle all those racing with the same paint job. Yeah. Uh, yeah, So, but the paint they did right. it seems pretty nice that they, they, they spent some time on it. Seems pretty good engineering. Uh, so... Big prop on that little guy. He's got like a seven, uh, ten inch prop. And what kind of battery does it need? Um, they're saying three S, three S, twenty five hundred ish. Okay. Uh, which is interesting because I have a thirty eight hundred battery three S, and it's only one ounce heavier than the twenty five hundred I have. So I'm like, well, I must just put the thirty eight hundred in it. Hmm. And it's decent discharge rate at that weight. Decent discharge. Yeah. The- your 3800 has a discharge rate that's compatible with that power? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I actually put hooked up the watt meter to it, and it was pulling, um, uh, what was it, pulling 50 amps, so not much. Yeah. You used a watt meter? I used a watt meter. Good for you. Hey, well, it's, for, it's just for review, so I'm trying to get some extra technical <laughs> data. Yeah, you don't want to blow it up before you get photos. Yeah. <laughs> well, I also wanted to see what was pulling, because I wanted to see if I could cram a 4S in there and see what that Ooh. pulled. Because... Uh, the speed control is pretty good, and the motor is a pretty big size. So I was like, hmm, hello. For reasons of uh, scientific experimentation, I wonder if a forest. Of course. Uh, so when's the maiden? Should be this weekend. Plan right. on it. We'll go out and take some pictures and video this weekend. Looks like the we'll weather's decent. holes, put cameras on it. No. <laughs> <laughs> speed holes. Speed holes. <laughs> what do you call it? Uh, vortex generators? <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, that's it for me. How about you, Lee? What you got? Well, Austin and I went to our club to do some flying. I made some mods to the CMP Cub. Put some holes I in bought... it? <laughs> <laughs> no, I, don't... I think I actually patched holes. Uh, Is that the I big one? The... That's the big one. Oh, that's have. old Sparky. Yeah, it's not Sparky anymore. <laughs> not Sparky anymore, guys. I put those XT90S connectors on yeah and not even a not even a burp i mean this thing is yeah that that xt90s connector i i'm giving my two thumbs up approval on that sucker i'm gonna get some more and try them out you liking those guys huh i do i do i mean and the benefit here is that i only need that connector for my y adapter my battery y adapter so it's not going on the batteries themselves Ah, good idea you have something to say terry i hear you uh you I'm, no, I'm just the S connectors. That's something that's like from directly from whoever makes XT90s or yeah. somebody. Anti spark. Okay, and it's got. Does it look the same? Like, is all that stuff transparent? It looks the same. It's got like a little green insignia on the side, which I guess identifies as the anti spark. And if you look down the barrel, I think I posted the photo on our Facebook page, Terry. So you know, if you ever watch our page, you can yeah. kind of keep up. Uh, the there's a top uh, connector that's separated by some type of insulator uh, so that that's the part that connects first. I'm assuming there's some type of resistor inside 
the mold. So it it takes this the the charge, and then it, it once you slide it all the way down, it connects the rest of the. I'm not sure if that's positive or negative. It might have been the negative terminal. Anyway, uh, worked great. I had no problems with it. In fact, I'm hoping now that this is resolved, I might be able to put that telemetry cable back on. Remember, I had that. I think maybe Fitz, you saw that the uh, 4S adapter I put on my battery kind of fried. Hmm. Were you there? Sounds familiar. I had a telemetry running to the the receiver on that plane and I made a little adapter to do that. So when I was still having the spark issue and I think my battery was already plugged in, but I plugged in the 4S adapter and that sucker just arced and kind of melted the tap. I wonder if you had a grounding issue or a short or something from the tap. I I don't know because I've been using the tab ever since to balance charge the pack but mm. uh anyway we'll we'll try that and see if that kind of resolves that issue too but because mm. I, I loved having the the actual power load telemetry yeah you know, on my transmitter but anyway uh got that plugged in worked great uh also had an opportunity because i changed the wiring on the speed control at the same time i i i had extended the stock wire to reach the battery originally but I wouldn't the battery or the motor side, the battery side, because okay. it wouldn't quite fit. It was a really short cord, so I went ahead and desoldered it from the ESC, made mm-hmm. one uh, ten gauge wire from the ESC to the uh, XTS ninety S. So it was a solid piece. I think that also improved the performance. And while I was off, I went ahead and shimmied the motor because I had mentioned at uh, best on takeoff that thing really wanted to twerk left, and so I did gave it some. Right, it didn't really need down. It looked like it was already there, and that really helped. Uh, so Austin and I flew the Cub. He flew uh, his. Which one did he fly? He did fly the the uh, guinea pig. That was fun. So he flew that. I also flew the Pilatus Porter. That the multiplex? No, the Pat Triddle Pilatus. Porter. Oh, the, oh, right, right, the one that got crushed by the ladder. The ladder, the ladder Porter. <laughs> <laughs> and man, I I have uh, I I have revisited that plane and said I like it. I I think before I was kind of hesitant, and I had you know I the <laughs> do you remember at small fits when I was flying the porter and I kept uh, dropping the wing struts? Yeah, I think you even have video of me doing that. Well. I think I was putting way too much power in that thing. I had a 3S in there, and I think I was just running it too hard. So I put a 2S, a larger 2S in there, and that's all I needed. And so I remade the wing struts. I'm going to put them in a little tighter. And I had a ball flying that thing uh, this weekend. So, yeah, it was it was great. I had some – I think I put a picture maybe on our Facebook page, but it was good. It was a good day. Austin got some great footage with his GoPro on his pig. He had a great time. It was a good time to go out and fly. So I wanted to just – Say yay! I, I like flying. <laughs> I wish I could do more of it. <laughs> yeah, it's easy to forget that sometimes. If you spend a week or two away and kind of get caught up in other things, you forget how much fun it is. Well, I mean, I had fun at Flight Fest with Austin and Fitz, but I we were so busy. We were we were non we hardly even saw each other sometimes. This was good because there was nobody else there for the longest time. So you know, we had the field to ourselves, and it was very relaxing. So. Yeah, that happens with me in the workshop, too, that for whatever reason, I don't get down here for a few days or a week, and then I'll get 20 minutes to do whatever I want and come down here. I'm like, oh, yeah, there's fun stuff to do down here. (laughs) Well, and and 
Yeah, my my, I still have that darn. We talked about it in our previous episode of like what things we have to do, and I still have a garage full of <laughs> flight vests just still still sitting there. You know, nah, uh, it's gotta, not going anywhere. <laughs> I got to sort, and then I, uh, I again, I was working on the wing for the uh, Corsair, the Retrax. So yeah, I think I'm gonna. I'm going to do that next week. I'm going to get in that workshop and try to get a couple of items done. And now that you've mentioned the T33, Terry, I think I'm going to, it's sitting right there on the side. I think I might go back to working on it. Let me know if you, um, if you, I don't know if you're going to fiberglass that. Are you thinking of uh, putting some kind of. Good Lord. Why would I do that? (laughs) Well, I didn't know. We could try to reinforce it or anything. Someone tried to put tissue paper on this one. It didn't finish. So I was thinking I might try to finish that. Anyway. I'm not putting a ton of power in here. So I'm fully expecting that the stock airframe is going to handle what I throw at it. Okay. Okay. Well. And if it doesn't, it wasn't meant to be. Well, maybe we need to give Fitz uh, a T33 so we can do a three view on it. You got another one? Anyone out there got a T33 (laughs) to give Fitz? And we promise to fly them in formation at the next NEAT. Fitz and Lee come up. Oh, let's connect all three like that video we posted. <laughs> yeah, we did the wingtip. <laughs> oh, God. And we all use three separate transmitters, too. Oh, oh, I love it. <laughs> okay, let's, let's move on. We're getting into crazy territory. Yeah, now. yeah. Now the alcohol's kicking in. <laughs> all right, well, let's, uh, let's, get, let's get on to the hobby news that's been this past week or so. Uh, first up, our old pal Gary Wright. He's come up with yet another plane, which no surprise. Although this was kind of a little surprise. I didn't realize he'd kind of dig back into his uh, vault. And it has come up with the Mini Uproar, uh, which is interesting. Um, I actually have the Uproar V2. Would that be kind of a murmur? Murmur? Mini Uproar. A, a mini Uproar? Murmur. Murmur. Never mind. Moo? Moomur? Move up, move up. I don't know. Keep talking. <laughs> oh boy, <laughs> roll past it. Okay, we go. We off a tangent. Okay, so it looks like he kind of, um, he was not quite shrunk the uproar, but it it's smaller and kind of very much inspired by uproar. It looks a lot like it, uh, although the he's got a sort of a profile canopy on this one, um, and it, it's a, it's it's interesting. He looks like he's he's something that's a highly powered. 1000 kV motor, 3 to 4 S. Not uh, just any 1000 kV motor. Oh, oh is that Dara? <laughs> the, is that his favorite? Uh, the magic motor we always talk about, the oh, Gary right. Kiedis and I. Oh, that's right. The one that's just capable of 21,000 gigawatts of power. And... <laughs> Did I tell you all I bought one? No, I, I just think we all have one. Well, no, I just put mine aside. I just like I'm, I'm going to find something for it. Kind of like you know what Keith did. <laughs> he pulled all the motors and said, "What am I going to build with these motors?" <laughs> pull that down someday and build something. With it. Put it in a glass case so you don't forget about it. Yeah, it's a little motor. Yeah, this is the uh, Tower Hobbies thousand kV motor that comes in some of their ARFs. But he was saying that it's really underrated, and you can run some big props on it if if you're good at management and. Uh, you can put 4S. That's the same one that's on your, uh, what's that little flying wing you have? The yeah, crazy the uh, crazy wing. Yeah. Yeah. So Good little motor. Fond of them. I think he said you could push like 700 watts to that motor or something like that. Carefully. Yes. Carefully, yeah, if it's got good cooling or something. But yeah, it, it's really under, it's it's definitely derated from what it was capable of. So uh, sounds like he's found a yet another a new use for it. This uh, plane has a 43-inch wingspan. 
And uh, it's uh, it looks like it's very being Gary. It's going to be highly aerobatic. And that's what, of course, of course. what they're saying. Uh, they're talking about how it knife edges really well. Yeah, it's interesting. He don't have the side force generators, but they're saying I guess he don't need it now that it's got the the fuselage side area to, to make up for that. Yeah, if you read the comments, it's interesting because he said initially it had uh, side force generators on the wings mm. and a, a three dimensional canopy, but he didn't like the way it flew, so he switched to the profile canopy without the generators, and he said that that got it to where he wanted it. So while cosmetically he doesn't like the profile canopy, he said it flies better that way. And yeah, I was going to say, uh, I'm not a big fan of the profile canopy myself, um, but I understand his reasoning, and ultimately this is a plane you don't buy for looks, you buy for the flying quality. So, All right. When for, it comes down to a choice between flight performance and cosmetics, Gary's going to choose flight performance. Yeah. 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 Do any other uproar versions have any kind of canopy? I thought they were all just box fuselages. Well, they're box fuselage, but the canopy is. Yeah, mine has a canopy. Does it? Just yeah, like a bubble canopy? I think it's a little bubble thing. Yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. it's a little bubble thing I glued on. Yeah. Gotcha. Uh, hey, I just wanted to uh, mention something else. That's the same motor they use on the P 51s. Is it? I oh, yeah, our tower. Yeah. Yeah, so we really like this motor, guys. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I think the Zero and the Hellcat, and of course, I think all those Tower Hobbies little foamy arfs had this motor. Yeah, it goes pretty far back. They've had it out for quite a while. And it's 20 bucks. It's 20 bucks, yeah. Really? I'm going to have to go pick up a couple of them and build some multi-engine with them or something. Ooh. Your B-17. Yeah. Ooh. He needs one more motor. <laughs> just, put, just slap it on the nose. <laughs> put one in the tail. Oh, tail, yeah. <laughs> this is a B-17. Yeah. <laughs> All right, well, um, I, I didn't see any videos of it, so hopefully there will be a video or something sometime soon. But uh, Yeah, Gary usually puts something up there. I didn't see yeah, it. I didn't see it either. Uh, Gary, if you're listening, if you got a video, uh, send us a link or something. Oh, I didn't think to check if there's an RC Groups thread. Yeah. Usually Gary's pretty active on the threads about his models. So. Yeah. Yeah. Have to look at that. All right. Well, uh, next up is uh, the. Whoa, whoa, whoa! Hold on, what? big fella. What? Let, let's talk. Terry's a got a more list of things. <laughs> what did I miss? We didn't cover the basics. It's uh -oh. uh, balsa plywood. Looks like eighty bucks for the ARF, no electronics, and they're predicting mid-January. Oh yes, that's why I guess we should mention this is an all-wood, uh, film-covered plane. So if you like your planes, uh, balsa wood and stuff, this is a really good option. Yeah, and it sounds like it comes all completely white. Whatever trim scheme is on there, it comes with it as stickers, but it's not pre-applied. Yeah, if it's like my uproar, you, it comes with a huge decal sheet. Mine was plain white, and it had a decal sheet. It actually had a really nice, remember correctly, not only did it have a decal sheet, it had instructions on a decal sheet for where to place things and stuff. It was actually quite nice. So hopefully it did the same thing with this one. I, I could get an instruction sheet on exactly how to lay decals, and I'm still going to screw it up. <laughs> so, if your name is Lee, don't worry about the instructions. Just slap them on there. They're going to get air bubbles. They're going to be off-centered. <laughs> Just give me a spray paint can, and I'll, I'll paint one wing. There you go. Are, are the insignia going to be upside down? Uh. You know, it's, it's funny because every time I look at a star and bar now, I think Terry. <laughs> he, is, he is stuck in my head subliminal and uh let's see battery wise it says 3s or 4s and it looks like it actually seems like it's got a 
pretty wide battery range. They're saying 1,800 to 3,200 capacity. Uh, that's really yeah, wide. On 3S, but probably on a smaller end if you're going to go 4S. Yeah. But, yeah, it ought to be a hoot. All right, you can move on now. You sure? Yes. Okay. Next one, E-Flight. Um, something, little, little something, something called the Delta Ray 1. Um, okay, at first I'm going to say that I was a little bit... Uh, say it. <laughs> Don't filter. Uh, let's just better. say that... I was biased a little bit on this one. Positively or, or negatively? Negatively. But because. let me explain myself. Okay, so this is a little Delta Wing plane, which it looks nice. I have nothing against the looks or anything. And I thought, oh, okay, you know, a little neat little high-speed Delta Wing plane. And then I see the video, and it's not really all that high speed. He's, it's actually flies really well slow, and he's flying it in a schoolyard. And they're like, oh, this is interesting. What? And it really took me a bit to think about what they're doing with this one. And I realized um, I'm probably not the audience for this one. They're looking at beginner pilots for this one. They're touting it as a trainer of sorts, which makes sense. The motor's in the rear, so that protects the motor from uh, any potential student mishaps. And it, and Lee, it's got AS3X. and. Uh, safe whoa, whoa, plus whoa, whoa. <laughs> no. i don't think it does it does well it do no it only has safe that's what was my comment i was going to add oh. i will not see as3x in this well it i guess to be well, is that maybe this is as3x on steroids well no they're different things. The, uh, i think they? it's only safe but i don't know maybe it doesn't need as3x but and i will tell you I, i'm torn because i do like as3x um i'd like i flew the champ you know, a, a little over a week ago, and, and you know, it, I like it. I don't use the safe feature, but it flies. It flies fine. It's adequate. I just this because this was small. I think AS3X would have been nice, but maybe, maybe they've got a new type of receiver that's only safe for me. Well, see, watching it fly in the modes, it basically this is a distinction without a difference as far as AS3X functionality because it has the gyros, it has stability. Uh, but they went a step further with, of course, the uh, the angle limits, but it has this auto land holding pattern and virtual fence um, capability. That's only if you add the GPS module, which is optional. Yes, yeah. and I think that's what they're trying to push people towards with this particular model. Um, which is it's I'm interesting to, technology, but oh, go ahead. I'm going to correct you though. There's no gyro. It's it's a plane flying wing with just the safe, which limits your flight envelope. That's it. There is no supported flight control. Terry, you can correct me. Uh, uh, I, I'm going to I've been looking at it, though, since he posted it, and I don't see it. But the, the, it, the, the gyro is how it does that. But yeah. I don't see where it says gyro in there. It doesn't. Well, it's it's the functionality of a gyro without saying it's a gyro. It's effectively gyro stabilization in it. What, then why wouldn't they call it AS3X? That's uh, different. AS3X is that just makes it fly more smoothly. It's the little bumps and things that wouldn't you, you need get a gyro to do that? It. Don't you need a gyro to do that? Yeah, yeah, that's still gyro stabilization. It's but. effectively gyros in it. They just don't yeah. say it. They're it's a part of the safe technology. Um, I disagree. Oh I think God. AS3X and safe are totally separate entities. This is where their, our listeners need to come in and talk to me and say, Lee, you're wrong, but I'm I'm not buying that. I'm thinking that this is, this, because normally they would push the words AS3X 
or you know stabilization no, on a product. I agree. It's uh, strange to not see that on here, either because they didn't think to put it. I'm looking at the manual now. Either they didn't think to put it there in writing, or it's actually not on the plane. But it, I do think, and I'm totally pulling this out of my ear, that um, they could use the output from the same gyros to drive AS3X and safe at the same time. Yeah. For our listeners, when Terry says ear, he means his butt. <laughs> Wash that off before you. I leave. would speculate <laughs> AS3X and safe are um, branches off each other. I think they're one is a base technology, and the other one is is probably an extension, uh, extra feature. I uh, just by we need to get somebody from Hob, uh, Horizon Hobby here. Yeah. Before we oh, there we go. That's a good idea. Yeah. Do you know what I'm doing right now? We'll call I'm some starting. People. I'm starting a chat with Horizon Hobby while we're. <laughs> this is this yeah. is how we roll, people. I'm going to try to get the answer. <laughs> well, regardless, it looks like it works really well, and I was really impressed. And I thought, well, yes, as, <laughs> as if you're starting out, and this thing's got all kinds of "don't hurt me" modes. So if you're trying to fly something and you're not very experienced, there's. <laughs> there's, there's don't hurt me, <laughs> don't hurt Stay me. away from me, Daddy. Don't hurt me. Um, so you got a holding pattern. If you freak out, press a button, and it just kind of holds in a circle pattern. Uh, there's got a virtual fence, which means it can't fly can't fly away from you, which I've seen happen to other people in our club because they just get disoriented or something. And auto land, so that if you so completely clueless, you just hit the auto land button, and it'll land. I guess more or less where it took off. Now, granted, these are extra features. You got to buy a GPS module or something to get this those features. Um, but I could see that as being very beneficial to somebody who's just starting out and really doesn't really have the skills uh, yet. I'm gonna disagree with you there, Fitz. What's that? Um, we've had similar conversations before, but when you add the GPS, yes, you're adding technology and features that are going to keep the thing flying on its own without your input. But as a new pilot, you're not really reducing the workload. You're just changing the workload because now you don't have to fly the plane, but you have to recognize and react to what that automated system is doing. So for instance, when it goes into that holding pattern, you have to know that that's what it's doing or when it, turns itself around you have to know that that's what it's doing and input the whatever controls give you the command of the airplane well, back well yes there's buttons for that and the holding pattern is user activated i don't think it mm -hmm. does it automatically and that geofence pattern is but the geofence is not that's right. automatic and if i remember correctly on the one that i had had the uh, sportsman s the was a similar GPS equipped safe plane a year or two ago. And flying that plane as an experienced pilot, it freaked me out because it would do all these GPS functions and it would just go into them and you don't know what the heck it's doing. And there's times when you don't have control, mm. you're not sure why, and you don't know how to get it back. So I was overloaded as a pilot because of those things. And it's not all, it wasn't then, it might be now, but it wasn't all clearly spelled out exactly what to expect. So I appreciate the technology and I'm sure it can be put to good use, but I, I think there are no shortcuts here. Either you got to learn how to fly or you got to learn how to manage this more complex airplane. I, I agree. You need to learn how to fly. Um, but a lot of, I found 
uh, generally I agree with you, but I found a lot of people like this stuff. They like these little features. They like the the, the technology. Um, I think we're people that grow up in the iPad generation. Digital the, natives. The digital natives. This is the stuff they like. And, and to add one thing, it actually will give you a visual um, notification when it's if you hit the virtual fence and it comes around, it'll waggle its wings, let you know you have control again. It'll also wave goodbye when the GPS. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Bye. Nice I want to say mine when it did the virtual fence, it would come back and automatically go into the holding pattern. Maybe I'm making that up. So for me, there were long stretches of time where it was flying on its own, and I didn't know why. And I, yeah, this one they're Especially, saying it'll it'll. When it hits a virtual fence, it'll turn around, fly back to the GPS initialization point, and then it'll wag the wings and let you know when you have control again. Okay. Oh, <laughs> what, is, what does it do when, it, when you don't have control? <laughs> <laughs> it would be interesting. Does it set off a siren? <laughs> Let's find one of those digital natives. We've got some living in our house, right? Yeah. There you go. Uh, put it in their hands and see how they adapt with this. That's ultimately Without having those preconceived... You know, notions of what flying should be. I would be interested. An open-minded approach. I would be interested to see how this really works. It seems overly optimistic to me. Could be. And you're and you're right about pilot load and workload. You know, you got all these buttons and things to push. You know, what you're too, too busy pushing buttons instead of trying to fly the plane. Uh, is that an issue or is it not an issue? Is it? Are we just being old curmudgeons and all the new kids are used to pushing five buttons just to do something? Right. Well, yeah. again, I think to avoid learning how to fly, or to avoid the initial hurdles hurdles of learning how to fly, mm. you're taking on this hurdle of knowing the ins and outs of this complex system. So I, I don't know which is the easier path. Well, you know, um, this is the market they're aiming for. So I guess it'll be interesting to see how it pans out and how popular it is. But uh, I can the see their logic. Would, well, it's a small airplane too. Yes, it's, it's pretty I small. I think it's a UO, It's an ultra micro size, but they're not calling it an ultra micro. Um, it's really not much bigger than their F twenty seven UMX. Yeah, like five hundred millimeter. I think is the wingspan on this. So this is pretty yeah. small. And, yeah, and I'm generally not a fan of tiny airplanes for newbies, but whatever. That's yeah, my curmudgeon. And, and that's why I said when I first saw it, I wasn't terribly impressed. But I think I'm not the market for this, generally speaking. Although you can, yeah. you know, turn everything off and have pretty good time with it. They were flying it inverted and that kind of stuff. But I right. think and remember on all that GPS stuff we talked about, that's optional. It, it, it is doesn't come with that. Yeah, definitely. So, yeah. Well, so, you open that. You open this little uh, box for me. So Austin won the UMX F twenty seven at Flight Fest. He and his friend Max. All right. And I'm assuming this was a demo model because when he got it, the nose cone was missing. And right now we can't find the nose cone as a replacement part. <laughs> and I think it's got weight in it because the CG's way off. Uh, but I'm looking at the F-27. It's got good reviews, and I remember them flying it before he had gotten it. So it's a bind-and-fly basic with AS-3X and safe. So, again, my point is that they're pointing it out that it does have AS-3X before. And uh, you're right. I mean, if you had to choose between these two, which one would you get? The Delta or this Evolution? Me as a beginner or as an experienced pilot? Well, are they touting the other one as a beginner completely? Yeah, the, the Delta Ray is definitely geared towards beginners. Okay, so... They're saying if, this can be your first airplane because it okay. has all these whiz-bang stability features. 
Yeah. <laughs> Stability. See, <laughs> still shaking my head on that. I I would go for F twenty seven because it has the FPV option. You can put a camera in a nose. Put a camera on anything. Well, yeah, but it is <laughs> built in. In fact, I have a, a club member who likes to do that. He's he'll um uh, he actually asked me to fly it. He'll put the VR goggles on. He goes, "Hey, you fly it around for a bit while I watch." And so I'll I'll proceed to do inverted passes over the, the two inches off the runway and stuff like that, just to yeah <laughs> mess with them. I'll I'll agree. I'll agree. This is probably a basic intermediate uh, aircraft versus the, the Delta. I'd. I'd like to get my hands on the Delta just to do that test. I mean, I don't know if it's worth me spending, what, is $139 flying in fly, guys? Um, no, I think it's yeah, ready to fly. I thought that was the ready to fly. Yeah. They have two modes, oh, so- a ready to fly, which comes with a transmitter, and that's 139 And they got a bind and fly, which I think is like 100 even, almost, no, 109 Let's not even talk like about the transmitter that comes with those. Yeah, I, I meant the bind and fly, sorry. So is it 109 I think it's 109 I have to look it up, but... Um, 109 for bind and fly, 139 for ready to fly. There you go. Because okay. I, uh, you know, I, part of the reason we do this show is we like listeners to listen in, but, you know, just chat with us in our daily ventures in life. But we're hoping that some people listen because they're hoping to get ideas or news articles that we're contributing. And this is one of these little studies I'd like to do because mm. many episodes ago, I mentioned that terrible plane I got that was it's i don't even remember the brand guys i just i let it get in one ear and out the other because i hated it so much but it was a terrible beginner plane and so i'd like to get something else in my hand and as you said just hand it to somebody and say can you fly this you know because that that's almost kind of like i'd like to watch it happen you know be a little research analyst and and see what they're doing wrong what you know what their questions are when they get it and see if it does fulfill that that first beginner plane requirement uh, I saw the video. I like the video. It looks like it flies pretty good. It does not very quick, so that's kind of a good thing. Um, you know, you don't want beginners to just <laughs> yeah, <laughs> see of you later. Yeah. Um, so it might, but it is small. And for me, and I, I mean, this is a whole another topic. I always kind of start my what is the best plane to fly? You know, for beginners, and it, it always surrounds a, a, an easy star. You know, something like that. I, I, I'm thinking this is something that's geared towards you. You get the ready to fly. You, you buy as a Christmas present for little Billy, so little Billy can take it out to the nearest school field, and it's got all kinds of safe features on it, so he, can, he can't lose it. He can, if he can barely fly, he can almost fly uh... itself. And you throw it. That's I'm thinking their logic on this. I'm not saying I agree or disagree. But I'm just saying this is I can see their logic on it. I can see the market they're heading towards, but yeah. I think. I appreciate the technology in all these products, but I think it overlooks some very basic things that beginners don't know that technology doesn't answer. So it doesn't tell them that it's, that you might put it on the roof of the school if you're not going to a big enough field. Doesn't, <laughs> hey, I've done that, actually. Well, yeah, but it, you learn, right? <laughs> yeah, you learn and how so to find a ladder. I think there's, top of the there's so many questions that beginners don't know that really True. just... True. Even if they only get an hour or whatever with an experienced person to show them the ropes, then this kind of stuff becomes much more helpful. But I, mm. I just don't think you can take the oversight of an experienced modeler out of the equation and expect instant success. Uh, and if I can, for anybody who might be new to the show, I'm I'm looking at something that makes me smile. The, the original Hobby Zone Champ, ready to fly, for $89, has 351 you know, five-star reviews. Right. And, and my son loves his. We keep rebuilding it. I'd buy another one in a heartbeat. So to me, that's more of the Christmas present. You get everything in a box, you hand it to them. 
that's a lot of fun playing. Mm. And you'll probably read those comments. There'll be a, a bunch of people who taught themselves how to fly with it, but it wasn't, I took it up and flew it great the first time. It was, I crashed it, I rebuilt it, I crashed it again. I, there was all these gradual steps of learning with this cheap plane that wasn't going to break anything. And that's another valid approach. But again, I Terry, think, that's what? great. Because <laughs> I, I was looking at the product reviews and you nailed it. This first this first review I'm reading says, this is my first RC plane that I've ever bought and I definitely had a pleasant experience with it. <laughs> That's a great way to find the champ. Yeah. Mm. All right. So what were we talking about again? Did I mention I had the original Delta Ray, the twin brush motor thing that's no. considerably bigger? Yeah, it was a neat little airplane. Same market, I think. Um, definitely for beginners. Um I want to say it had safe, but not any of the GPS options then. But just a, a solid, slow-flying little plane, no frills. Mm. And it didn't look like a high-wing 40 trainer, so it had that going for it. And uh, I flew it for a while, did a review on it, and then I gave it to somebody so they could learn how to fly. I don't remember who, so I hope <laughs> it's still around somewhere teaching somebody how to fly. All right, that's all we can ask. All right, let's go on to the last one. Uh, that one went a little long, but it was an interesting discussion. Uh, last but not least, um, from Old School Model Works, we have something called a Wayfarer. This is a two-meter glider with an optional power pot on it. This is an actual kit, laser-cut kit, balsa wood, traditional. It looks like some nice interlocking work for the fuselage, uh, like giant 3D puzzles, stick the thing together and glue everything up. Um, Terry, you built kit from these guys before. You built, what was it called? The something 40? The Sky Ranger 40. Oh, Sky Ranger 40, yes. Um, yeah. So you are you had experience with these guys. What do you think of this? I thought the Sky Ranger was a nice kit. I don't think it's... Uh, I'm assuming that the Wayfarer and the Sky Ranger are built in the, the same mentality. Mm. I don't know that it would be great for first-time builders, just because, I don't know, I thought there were some areas where you, you need a little bit of experience but mm. in terms of the design and the quality of the laser cutting and all the wood it was great and it was a fun build yeah it looks pretty nice it looks very the, the fuselage is a, a simple uh, kind of a boxy shape so it doesn't look like there's a whole lot of work to get it done um i was thinking the very first plane i ever built as a kit was a gentle lady glider so i was going to say this is reminiscent of that yeah so you can definitely build a glider as your first kit i won't say it was the best looking thing i ever did <laughs> but it flew and it flew i flew i flew i literally flew the wings off of it so uh, uh so uh it's it's neat to see this um my only i guess criticism is the the power pod doesn't allow for a very big prop they're saying a five inch prop on the thing um, well yeah they're using uh quad motors like the 22 ah, okay so, yeah you can so, get those pretty cheap which, and easy yeah and man the you can put a lot of power through those things too mm. And another thing I really like about them is most of those quad motors have five millimeter shafts. So you put a five or six inch prop right on it. No adapter needed. And that's very handy. Oh, that's right. Yeah. I just screw right on. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, that's really nice. And I guess you could use a three-bladed prop or something. So it had some video of it flying around. It seemed to do pretty good. It kind of reminded me of my old 049 powered glider. Uh, so it seemed, definitely seemed adequate. Um, Less screamy. Uh, <laughs> yeah. slightly I, I remember that video from Bess uh, sorry small like two or three years ago where someone had three 049s on their oh, oh yeah I was there I saw that 
Yeah, you heard that. I heard it. Yeah, it was sound like the end of the world, but yeah. <laughs> it, was a, it was a flying air siren. <laughs> a lot of angry bees in that one. And it was funny watching him start it up because he he start one, then start the other, and then those two are running. Then he refuel the first one, and then start the third one, and then go back and refuel all of them as they're running, and then take off if they started. <laughs> right. So, uh, hey, you you had you had mentioned like your glider. I was I was just doing some research, and the first glider I ever built by myself was the Top Flight Metric. Now that one's got some curves to it, right? It does. It didn't look like that when I was done. <laughs> What's that plane? I don't know if it familiar. <laughs> sanding? You don't need no sticking sanding. Yeah, but it was, I, it's a lot of fun. And boy, I think, and that was literally a box of balsa, you know, see this wood, put this, yeah. <laughs> we try to draw, draw some lines on there for you. You need to cut them out yourself. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I like this, uh, this, play. I wish they had a little, uh, like tighter photos of the, uh, uh mm. these pictures. You can't click on them. They're small. Oh yeah. Oh, yeah. But what I, what I can page. see, it looks like they have some really nice laser work. The, the wing ribs have, uh, lightning holes in them. Looks oh, like. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's a really nice interlocking construction. They, they, it looks like they spent a lot of time getting their laser uh, work in their design. Uh, I wonder if you could add spoilers. I wonder if they have a spoiler uh, addendum. Uh, add whatever you want to. Yeah, you oh. can do anything if you want to spend oh. the time to do it. Yeah, I had oh my Electra. I, I love it to death. It's a kit my dad gave me, and I, I still mm. have today. And Boy, I could not get that thing to stop, so I finally put spoilers on it and totally changed uh, the way I fly it now. I love it. Huh. Hmm. Yeah, my only gripe about this one is the power pod is a little utilitarian. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> needs more racing stripes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It, yeah. It, it looks I, like I think it would be neat if it had a nose cone on it, like a big. <laughs> All right, Terry, that's what you need to come up. Or hey, uh, Fitz has got the three D printer. Let's put something on the front. There's, there's some guns. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> guns. Yeah. <laughs> Some 50 <laughs> so it looks like the pod is removable, so you can fly it as a pure glider or the powered glider. Yeah, they're saying it's optional, so you can high start it or something like that. Or yeah, like on uh, the same plane, you don't have to commit to one or the other. Personally, I'd be tempted to to put something on the nose of the motor with a folding prop. Yeah, you can do that too. Yeah. So, but, but uh, kit ninety nine bucks, it can be yours. Uh, Oh, real quick, they have something called a comet on their website. It's kind of neat. So Delta Wing, we were talking about Delta Wings. They got a um, 40-inch span Delta Wing thing. That's kind of neat. Pretty big. Yeah. Yeah. And that's got a motor on the nose. So, and that's also a kit. Yep. Also construction. So, uh, all right. Well, uh, I think uh, we'll take a quick break, and we'll be right back. Okay, we have some big congratulations to send out Mr. James Vallello, and I hope I'm pronouncing that right, of San Antonio, Texas. He was the winner of our Race to 581 Facebook giveaway, and we got a huge surge of Facebook likes in the last couple months, and we hit the target we were going for. So we put 
<laughs> so we uh, put all of the likers in the pool and pulled out a name, and James was the winner. Congratulations, he, James. Yeah, yeah. He is getting a Stick 40 Plus kit that was donated by Balsa USA. Yeah. And that will be on the way to him shortly, if it's not already. Mm. So congratulations, James. And in our brief conversation, it sounds like he's going to use that kit to teach his grandson how to fly. And that is exactly what uh, we were hoping would happen. With Fantastic. Like yeah, perfect. Oh, thanks, James. And uh, he said he would send us some progress photos along the way. So we're hoping that all comes together. And so congratulations to James and thanks a lot to Balsa USA for sponsoring this giveaway for us. Yeah, Joe. Thank you, Joe. Joe Vermillion. Yes, thank you. And um, I'm hoping we'll have uh, more things like this in the future. So stay tuned. Now, why did we choose 581? I don't remember where that number came from. <laughs> well, just I ran it through a generator, <laughs> a random number generator. No, 581 <laughs> likes? Really? Yeah, yeah, it was just a, oh, we okay. just picked a random number. <laughs> it seemed pretentious just to pick a round number. So, <laughs> okay, <laughs> somehow I missed that part. Yeah. Well, well, thanks everyone for liking our page and listening in. We really, really appreciate it. it makes us all worthwhile, and uh, we've we've got uh, nothing but gratitude for everyone. Kumbaya. Uh, I'm not going to start singing. Uh, okay. Um, I guess we're going to talk about buying used planes. Well, I almost feel like we need to put a poll on our Facebook page. So maybe after this episode, we'll do that just to, you know, out of curiosity. But, you know, it, it's the deal was used planes, uh, you know, not buying kits that, you know, from either RC groups or eBay Let's say or, aircraft, though. Or good, goodwill <laughs> or uh, aircraft. Okay. Yeah, or helicopters, mo- multi-rotors, <laughs> even cars, boats, whatever. RC yeah. vehicles. Flying machines. Yeah, so do you, do you tend to go to swap meets more than, say, looking at uh, estate sales? Uh, do you go to the hobby shop and pull down what's from the ceiling? Uh, this kind of <laughs> sparked... <laughs> what, are, what are you laughing for? <laughs> that ceiling tile looks really good. I'm going to get that. Never mind. Go ahead. Oh, that's okay. <laughs> Uh, I mean, I, I, I just, as a kid, I could just remember looking at the ceiling, those hanging planes and just mm. some were just huge. I mean, some people had built those B-17s and yeah. you know, like we see today, they're not, they don't seem so big now, but as a kid, you know, I was like, wow, how would, how does someone fly that? Uh, but I, I, <laughs> I'm going to share my, my harrowing story. Uh, and it kind of, my dad's words echo in my head all the time, but as a kid, as a young kid, probably around 10 or 11, we went to a hobby shop, picked up some parts, or whatever, and there was this yellow red plane that I just wanted so badly, uh, and I just begged my dad, and I think we eventually, you know, caved in and we bought it. And its first flight, we were flying it at the school, and that wing just snapped in half, you know. And my dad was not doing anything crazy; that <laughs> just catered. And I'm not. <laughs> Wait, is this the one that went through a car? It's the one that hit a car that was driving on a road at least 200 yards away. So, I mean, it was the only car on the road, too. My dad, I felt so bad for my dad. He he was angry and sad and, you know, upset. And, I mean, he was so worried about the driver. And, you know, it all worked out okay. I mean, I think the guy was kind of laughing and because obviously there was no, no one injured. But my dad came Back up to when me. Back cars were made <laughs> my in <dad> America. Was, <laughs> yeah, it was like, yeah, yeah three inches of steel right right um 
It, good shooting my text. coming up to me afterwards. <laughs> Sorry. What? I said, good shooting text. Bullseye. Oh, oh, God, it was not intentional. Oh. I mean, it, my dad was really, really upset about it, but he came up to me and, you know, kind of was my, I love my dad, but he was kind of that, he, is a, he was an ex-army guy. And that's why we don't buy used planes. <laughs> and I still hear that today. Now, I have, in fact, bought used planes and I've been very, very careful to give them a thorough investigation. And, and gosh, Terry, there was a, there was a plane that you bought used about, a, I don't know, several years ago. And I just, it, it cracked me up because of all the stuff you found wrong, like wiring or something. And for the life of me, I don't remember what kind it was, of plane. It was, it was an airliner, wasn't it? Oh, yeah, yeah. That one rider 737. It was mostly electronic issues. But yeah, it, it had been built by an amateur, for sure. Yeah. And, you know, me going to Graben's estate sale and i'm you know in again my dad's in my head don't buy used planes and you know so like i get the t33 and i'm looking at the hack job <laughs> the fans like oh my god you know but i think my dad's comment has made me a better person buying planes because now i'm a little bit more careful about the planes and i'm taking my time to go through them except when i drop a ladder on them <laughs> you know that is a bad thing. Don't drop ladders uh, on used. Don't planes. drop ladders on planes. So I, I I'm rambling for a while. I'm just curious. You know, when when you're out buying used planes, do you do you find them at the field, or you know, people just talk, talking to you and you buy a used plane, or do you find that you get all, most of your used planes that got a swap meet? Well, I mean, that's the fun thing about used planes, right? They're they're crimes of opportunity. Do you ever go out looking for a used plane or you just come across a great deal and say, oh, I got to have that. So for me, that's the way it works. Like the ones I've bought at swap meets, I was at that swap meet probably to sell stuff, but then I ran across something I couldn't go home without. And same thing when I buy stuff at the field or estate sales, whatever. I never go looking for them. They just kind of find me. And uh, well, there's been other cases where people know that you know, I'm the cat lady of RC airplanes that <laughs> I, like, I like to take in the stuff that nobody else wants. And I'll oh my probably God, so make it a, a cartoon of that. <laughs> face and a whole bunch of planes like you're crawling around a house. Right. <laughs> um, so, yeah. I, and I think once you have a reputation of being a connoisseur of old dusty airplanes, people tend to find you. So, yeah, you know, there's some logic to that. I've, I've Similar things have happened to me where people are saying, hey, are you interested in this plane? Uh, I'll give you a really good deal on it or something like that. Or Because, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm kind of the, also the cat lady of RC airplanes in a way. Uh, so I've, I've got a reputation. <laughs> and I think there's some value in the fact that you and I both don't just put them on the shelf again. We tend to fix them up. And even if they don't last forever, we put them back in the sky. Yeah, yeah, point. that's true. And in fact, that happened, I think, last year when the guys in the field just says, oh, I had this plane, I crashed it a couple times, I'm kind of sick of it. Here, just take it. Well, that Avanti, uh, I mean, that to me is one of your your best you know, yeah. used planes. Yeah, the Avanti is a fantastic plane, and that was had been crashed, and I rebuilt it. I had a Corsair for a while that was um, it had lots of issues, and I took it. I, the guy just gave it to me, and I rebuilt it and flew it, I flew it a bunch of times. Uh so yeah, they, I guess they, they they know that I'll actually will fly and get and I'll eventually get around to it. <laughs> like that stupid B twenty five, I got to get around to. Um, but uh, uh, for me, yeah, like Lee, like Terry, I'm sorry, it's crimes of opportunity. I go to a swap meet, not really looking for anything in particular, but then I see the little puppy dog in a cage airplane that says, "Take me home." <laughs> well, especially if it's a good like, deal. I'm... Sorry, go ahead. No. Uh, 
first off, I, sometimes I think Terry's like Frankenstein looking for body parts, you know, <laughs> yeah. thinking what can he create with a piece of this and a piece of that. You're not far from wrong with that. <laughs> Which and is that's cool. to my advantage because usually the stuff I'm looking at, nobody else is interested. In. <laughs> yeah, so you're you're possibly going for planes to gut to create something new or to get parts to rebuild one. Well, like, there's that, and then I'm a total sucker for first generation electrics. Ooh, okay. Mm. You guys knew that, like the, the T33 we already talked about. Yeah. Yeah. That right flyer and my Vermont Bell and all that stuff yeah. from you know, 20 years ago when the yeah. electric was first getting popular. And although it wasn't built, um, I think for me, I, I'm going to buy something used that I think I've thought about, like I've, I've had in my head. I don't think I just see something, okay, I'll just put that in my arsenal. Um, except, you know, as, well, I, and I'm going back to Georgetown because that's where I made kind of my, my last large purchases. Uh, first off, you know, Richard had the Spacewalker. And it's actually something I've wanted for a long time. It was the kit, so it wasn't pre-built. But was this a Kyo show? <laughs> Here goes Terry again. He well, needs a little I, bell. I actually don't remember this time. <laughs> it is the Kyo show, but it was the okay. first first version. So it's it's the gas. Okay. So I'll have to do some electric conversion to it. But I, you know, I, I like it except for the fact that I realized I opened it uh, the other day and there's no instructions. <laughs> so I'll, I'll I'll sure I can wing it. Uh, but then there <laughs> no was that glider. Intended. Yeah, no fun, haha. Then there's that glider I bought for five bucks, Fitz. Oh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know, at the auction. Yeah. And I just, and I knew, I was like, this is for Austin, you know. You know, and I know he'll enjoy it. So it's really more of a, I know it may not be the best build, but I know Austin will get a kick out of it for $5. So it's, it's a toy for $5 of entertainment. Well, let's and, talk and, about that for a second. Because, you know, I had my own $5 glider. And when you look at it, like how did a hundred people walk by this and not throw down a $5 bill for this airplane? You know, what's fundamentally wrong with it that I'm not seeing. And I still haven't found anything like that. So for you, what, what would be a deal breaker that would make you walk away from a $5 glider? <laughs> uh, one wings longer than the other. Well, yeah, and really when I picked up the airplane, that's all I was looking for is warps in the wing structure yeah. or the tail that I didn't think I could get out. I mean, other than that, I'm like, how can you go wrong? Did it come with a servo too, didn't it? <laughs> One. It ran the rudder and the elevator. Yeah, well, <laughs> well a servo's worth five bucks, right? <laughs> you want to go up and right or down and right? <laughs> that's all you got. <laughs> it's all in the mixing. Uh I think if I saw uh, wing root damage, that would concern me. Because, again, I've, I've had wings snap in midair. See, I told you. My dad's head, my dad's voice is in my head. You know, yeah, you've got a traumatic I, experience tied to it. I've witnessed that. And of course, uh, boy, this is so good. My brother doesn't listen to this podcast, so I don't have to worry about this. But my brother uh, built a golden eagle. Uh, I... It's by the way, I have the, the repaired Golden Eagle, so this is the same same plane. But he put aluminum wing rods in, and I watched that plane go V shape on tow. <laughs> I didn't know he swapped the wing rods out. Variable dihedral. This was the last plane he ever ever flew. I'm not kidding you. And that's the one I've repaired. So I have a beautiful Golden Eagle in my in my collection. But again, I, I that's the kind of fear I always fear: wings folding up in flight. So uh, that would be probably it. But this is great. I've watched Terry Dunn take a plane, cut it in half, shorten it or you know, redo it. And that's when you did the dihedral 
you know, in the little foam spacewalker I built. Oh yeah, so that didn't you, work. You, ha- it, I, I flew it. <laughs> oh, the hydro gate. Skills. The hydro yeah. gate, exactly. <laughs> um, but like at swap meets, you know you're going into questionable stuff, especially at the price. Now, here's here's though the question: If you saw a really large plane, and let's say it's a warbird, uh, what is your price point? Uh, and I don't know if that, maybe it's just me, but I'm very, very careful if I were to like pay over $300 mm. for a large warbird or something. Cause I guess I, I don't like to have that $300 crash just because I missed one thing on a build. And, and you, you made a point Terry earlier about you being the, the, the plane or the cat woman of planes. You gave me that Corsair. I knew you had flown it. I trusted you. So I think it also depends on who is handing you that aircraft. Do you have confidence in them? Do they? Do you know if they've flown it? And you know, like I, I if Randy Larson sold a plane and I really, really wanted it, I'd trust him. Yeah, I get it. the uh, The history of the plane is usually a, a huge mystery, and you can only look into it so deeply without you know, tearing mm-hmm. it down. So there's a leap of faith there. Yeah, I'd like to. I'd like to have fun with this. So if the listeners got this far, <laughs> is you know, I'd love to hear your harrowing stories of a used plane you bought. <laughs> did did it fold in half and during flight and you hit a car? Because you have to top that. <laughs> maybe the maybe the winner who can top that story wins a prize. <laughs> I can't think of. I'm sure it's happened, but I can't think of any time I've ever really been bitten where I didn't take home what I thought I was getting. And, I mean, even once I bought a, a SIG riser, it was an airframe that had been built up and covered, and I'm sure it had been flown. It was pretty rough. Then I get it home, and I'm like, man, the balance is really kind of off on this thing. And I look, and there were wasp nests all in the tail, <coughs> like just mud. So, yeah, I dig those out, and it was fine. But I, n- I didn't feel like I was cheated. Yeah, the biggest risk is if you buy it online, sight unseen. That's Ooh, where yeah. that's the, the risk. Because if you buy it in person, you can look it over and you can generally tell if it's a good construction or not, and if it's straight and if it's going to hold together. But if you buy something and somebody says, oh, yeah, I've got this plane, uh, I'll give you a good price, and, and, and you're half a country away, you don't know if this thing's been sitting in the attic for since the beginning of time and it's all rotted or dry, right. the glue's dried out or something like that or who knows what. Um, oh, so. I saw an interesting thing the other day where somebody bought a kit online so, you know, with the kit, you don't have to worry about the craftsmanship of who you're buying it from, but it was a vintage kit, and apparently it had a lot of dry rot in it. That oh, yeah, you got a really old kit. Yeah, what yeah. kind of condition would it save? Does it have all the parts? Somebody can say, oh, yeah, it looks like all the parts are there. You get it, like, no, half the parts are missing. Yeah. Yeah, and I didn't have much. I'm sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt, but oh. uh, used kits, the prices on those are going through the roof. Not used kits, but old kits. Oh, yeah. Old, unstarted yeah. kits. Yeah, new going stock, for crazy new prices stock. on eBay. Yeah. yeah. But that's not our subject today. No. <laughs> well, <laughs> eBay kit you were price. talking about previous previous damage on kits. Uh, I always I always like to tease Fitz because he found that uh, JR. Not, was it? Not that not wasn't the JR. I forget who made that one. But the P38 kit that you found, the ARF kit the, at Graven's Estate. The wood one, right? Yeah, yeah, well, yeah. I built it. It was an ARF. Yeah. It was a nitro planes type P-38. Yeah. But that was the one that had right, uh, right, rat bites <laughs> yeah. on the tail. Yeah, they, and they I left them there. It. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Just, it's patina. <laughs> but, you know, I and this could be a long conversation, but Val Fitz, you really, 
opened up a, a topic about buying completed aircraft online. I don't know if I've ever done that. Have you guys ever bought a kit like that? Unless it was like local pickup. A completed man. I don't think I have. I was fairly active selling some of my stuff a long time ago. And it, back in the day, people were sending you money orders. And mm. it wasn't very expensive to ship stuff. It's pretty expensive to ship airplanes now, even yeah. if you can break them down. So yeah. there's that yeah. risk risk as well that, yeah, you're going to spend X amount of dollars just on the shipping to good find out what you're really point. paying for. I don't think I've ever bought a completed. I've shipped some completed planes years ago, but I don't think I've ever bought. I usually just buy kits. Yeah, I don't uh, think I would anymore. There's just too much risk as a seller as well. That yeah. Either something's going to happen to it in transit or... You know, yeah, the person on the other end isn't getting what they think they're yeah. buying. You gotta so. cr- and you gotta create it really well. And um, uh, the closest thing I bought to a complete well, no, it wasn't completed. It was still a kit. Um, no, yeah, I don't think I ever bought a completed. Always been local. Either I went to pick it up, or I found it at a swap meet. Yeah, yeah. and there's a pretty active swap meet uh, arena around here. So yeah, yeah, it seems that way. Yeah, that's good. Well, it can't be going too bad because I I check RC groups all the time, and there are some you know fifth scale and larger aircraft being sold for hundreds of dollars. And I recently saw a post on the Balsa Modelers group on Facebook with uh, some guy Creighton a hard, a huge like extra three hundred. I mean, the crate must have been four feet long, <laughs> something like that. So I can't imagine the cost just to do that. So, I mean, you must really want that plane. You know, I think the, the group that does ship a lot of pre-built planes um, are the, the turbine guys. Because oh, right. they're spending so much for the plane already to spend another 100 bucks to have it created and shipped is not really a big deal when you're spending $5,000 or more on a turbine plane. It's, it's not, oh, it's not a, we talked about the deals I missed here, right? The SR seventy one. Oh yeah, um, uh, personal. Yeah, uh, we did talk about that. Yeah, <laughs> uh, I still lose sleep over that. <laughs> Speaking of creating turbine planes. Yeah. Anyway, go ahead. So, uh, and, <laughs> sorry, from <laughs> a sore spot. Yeah. yeah, and I know a guy who does. He builds turbine planes for on contract for people, and so he's doing it all the time. It'll be like, oh yeah, this guy in, in, in New Jersey or Florida or whatever asked me to build this plane for him, and I build it and I'll ship it out to him. And that's a pretty small community where you know, I think almost everybody knows almost everybody else. So it's not like you're going to pull a fast one. On yeah, everybody. yeah. Yeah, so I think the only time I've ever bought used planes have been at best and at swap meets. Okay. That have worked out pretty well for me. Yeah, you mentioned um, estate sales. I don't look for those. I, that seems like a lot of work to try to find those things. I, I usually don't bother. Uh, I know some people can are good at sniffing them out i just well that's Stuart rush yeah Stuart. Uh, hey if you're listening man this is all love buddy but he's like the estate sale whisperer <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> i mean he's he's akin to you terry he, for some reason every time he comes to best he's got a truckload of stuff that he's been you know given and and another thing that th- the reason for this conversation is i've been doing some work for uh uh, remote control hobbies in spring and he's got a ton a ton of used old planes up on the walls and the ceiling and you know we're trying to piecemeal some of these together uh he just he's either collected them or people have dropped them off from estate sales or he just said i like that i'll buy it you know mini hoarder and we're we're trying to get some of that out for the holidays because some of them are really cool projects i mean i've I'm, seen I've some been of the li- pictures you've posted there's some neat airplanes in there 
yeah, I'll be taking some more photos soon. In fact, uh, while we were talking, he called me, <laughs> the store owner, Andrew, called me. So I, I need to chat with him because I'd like to get back in and start photographing some of these planes because I think Terry's going to say, hey, Lee, can you send that one up to me? <laughs> <laughs> the one I've taken a shine to is way too big. Uh, yeah. Okay. Oh, that uh, the one hanging above the door? Yeah, is that a Vickers <laughs> Viming or something? I'm not even sure what it is, but it's big and pretty. That, that can be kind of frustrating. We, I think it was at Georgetown. Some guy was selling this really big twin-engined, um, like a Cessna 310 or something like that. And he was practically giving it away. I was like, oh, that's nice, but I couldn't even shove that in my car if I wanted to. So, yeah. so sometimes you, you just have to pass up stuff because it's just not practical. But anyways... Uh, well, if you're listening, what, we, what we'd like to do is we will start either a poll or a post on this on Facebook. So find it and let us know what have been some of your best used plane purchases like that you still have or that you really love or, or maybe some of those harrowing stories. But again, yeah. you have the top line. Yeah, if you crashed into a car, we want to know. Yeah, we want to hear the yeah. worst stories. If it bleeds, it leads, man. You <laughs> <laughs> feel better. Misery loves you. Yeah. <laughs> I'd like to get off the top of that list. Uh, all right. Well, guys, it's holiday time, and I bet some of you have been making your Christmas wish list out and hoping your family, you know, gets wind of what you want for this holiday as well. Uh, here at RC Roundtable, we're going to make your Christmas wishes come a little bit more true. We're going to give away a $40 gift certificate at Horizon Hobby or Tower Hobbies. You pick which one you like better. So hopefully you guys can... Uh, Get that plane you've been sitting on going, I don't know if I want that. Oh, yeah, I got 40 bucks. I'm going to buy it now. So here's what you have to do. <laughs> We're so easy. <laughs> yeah. Here's what you have to do. Since you've made it this far to the show, thankfully, and you're listening, we need the first 10 responders to this uh, podcast to email us at contact at rcroundtable.com. We'll take those 10. We'll do a random pick, and the lucky winner will be announced on our Facebook page because uh, we're hoping we'll get that 10 right away. So, again, all you have to do is email us right away, contact at rcroundtable.com, and you could be the winner of a $40 gift certificate at Horizon Hobbies Tower. What do we call it? What was our, our joke? Towerco? Towerco. Habico. Horizonco. Horizonco. Horizon Tower. Should they put something in the subject line? Uh, what do you want it to be? <laughs> Sarsaparilla. Uh, <a> tower Co. <laughs> uh, oh, no, I'm just kidding. Just say, uh, uh, we'll, we'll make it Horizon Hobby. So Horizon Hobby Contest. Yeah, okay. how will we ever filter that out from all of our other emails we get? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Your account is past due. No. <laughs> so we hope you enjoy this, guys. First 10, we, uh, we really appreciate it. I, uh, Get going. Get your email going. Stop your car. Don't be doing this while you're driving. Get you know, pull over and text or whatever. No texting and driving. Uh, so anyway, that's a little a little gift from us to you because hopefully you can get it before the holidays. All right. Couldn't have said it better. On that note, all right, I'll give you a chance to send that email away, and we'll leave it here for now, and we'll see you next time. Thanks for listening. Bye bye. please visit our website at rcroundtable.com where you can send us comments and suggestions or listen to our other great podcasts. Where you will also find links to our iTunes and social media sites. Thanks for listening. <laughs>